Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Rashawn, and I'm here with Josh, Mello, and Lacey. What's up, you guys? Hey. What it do? Today's a very special day. Yes, it is. Because we have company once again. This is someone that's very special to me. She doesn't know this because I don't tell her all the time. You don't tell me at all. Because I'm usually f- fighting with her. But she's an amazing comedian. She hails from Houston, Texas. Texas, bitch. <laughs> Please welcome to the show, Miss Corliss De Laurent. Hey, yeah. Yay! Yeah. I'm so ready to fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we love to hear it. I hate all of y'all. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all for having me. Like, I seriously, when Rashawn told me he was doing this, I was like, literally, that's like the foundation of our friendship. So, <laughs> um, it's talking about <laughs> movies and disagreeing with what we got from them. So, I'm so happy to be here. I I I I listened to in its entirety and went back on moments when you guys were talking about Batman, and I was just literally, you know, when you listen to a really good podcast, you want to respond like to mm-hmm. what they're saying, and that was happening the entire Yay. time. So. I feel like I'm at home. Oh, that was uncharacteristically sweet. It's not going to last. <laughs> We're very excited to have you, Corliss. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So Corliss and I go back about years. I don't want to age us. <laughs> at least 2006. 2006, yeah. We met in New York going to school together. I don't tell her this ever, but Corliss saved my life at a time when she had no idea and I feel like I owe her so much I love her from the bottom of my heart and I'm saying all this nice stuff now so that I can ruin her you full buttering her on it nice to me okay that's the first thing I think I might just leave the show right now so I can save it for that moment. <laughs> it's like I'm it's not like I'm lulling you into a false sense of security surrounding you with love and then I'm gonna place a flower crown on your head hey. don't, don't put that ugly flower crown on my head at all so you're uh, a comedian you're an actress you are in Houston at the moment. You're doing some pretty great stuff over there. Why don't you tell us about kind of what you do right now? Well, this is the crazy thing. So we, uh, Texas completely ignored COVID-19. So um, mm-hmm. and with that being said, a lot of great things happened for me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We ignored it. Um, we literally stayed in the house from March to June and then all hell broke loose. Um, but ultimately, I have a podcast that I joined, Laugh it, uh, Life is Hard, Laugh It Off. And we always put up new uh, episodes uh, weekly. And it's just a group of uh, young uh, comics in Houston, Texas. And we just talk about different pop cultures uh, with other comics. So uh, they can tell us funny stories that happen to them. And then we debate about things that are going on in uh, pop culture or even political stuff. But um, that's a super fun thing that I've just joined. I'm in a movie. Ooh. 
it's a it's a local movie. It is called Family Money. Super excited to start that production at the beginning of August. Oh my god! Congrats! Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm playing this character, Sylvia. Um, uh, she's very bougie, very grandiose. If you ever looked at a Different World, she's very like Whitley Gilbert ish. She's likable, but she's bougie. And I think I'm going to have mm-hmm. some fun with that character, uh, especially. And then I also have a new show in Houston called Hot Brunch. We used to call it Bitch Brunch, but we got in trouble uh, <laughs> by Instagram. Apparently, <laughs> so you can't use the word bitch anymore. But basically, we have a drag queen that comes out. Uh, she performs three songs. And then we also have comics in between that. And it's during brunch time at this place called Red Years Off a Wall. Uh, drive in Houston and if you're ever in Houston please come out on a Sunday it's fun we have drink specials and delicious food and good entertainment and I, I actually love drag uh, queen so uh, it, that's yeah. why I'm super that's the why I mentioned this one last because I literally look at RuPaul's Drag Race like I'm trying to like be one one day so um, I don't <laughs> think that, is that even possible can a woman be a drag queen anything's possible you can be a drag king you can be a drag queen yeah no, I don't want to dress up like a man. You guys are horrible. <laughs> She's like, that's not what I asked. I want, I want to just put too much makeup on and be another woman. <laughs> you don't want to take off all your makeup, wear jeans that are two sizes too big and a loose shirt? Don't want to do none of those things. Corliss, what would you say is the movie that made you a cinephile? Mmm. I don't know if I'm going to get a lot of credit uh, for this. Yeah, I might lose a cool point with y'all, but I absolutely, absolutely loved Sleeping with the Enemy. And I thought um, I thought it was good because of the fact that I feel like they left some stuff open to where you kind of maybe made your own story or backstory of how she got to the point where she could leave the house because I was like, oh, she took the swimming lessons, but did she know that this was going to... like? It was like... A, it was such... Uh, a well done movie for me and I actually saw when I was a little kid like super young like I probably shouldn't have seen it but my parents were not um, they weren't those types of parents they were like you can't look at a rated R movie they just would be like don't do that and I was afraid of my father <laughs> uh, yeah like I was afraid of my mother and my father in that way of respect um, if you yeah. if you can analogously put fear and respect in the same um, you know, uh, equation. That's what I felt for them. So when they told me not to do something, I didn't do it. So, um, and then plus I was really young, but I, I grasped the movie really quick. Even to this day, I organized my cans the way Julia Roberts had to in the movie. Cause I, I, I didn't like that he was wow. beating her, but I did love the way he made her organize the cans. <laughs> That's terrible. But if I had a, if I could show y'all a pic, like if I could move this this uh, uh, computer and show you guys my um, my inside of my cabinet, you would be like, this girl is crazy. Like I look like a serial killer. <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> Those resonate for me. And then oh, the other one was uh, Fatal Attraction with Glenn Close. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Those two, I was like, oh my god, is this like? This is beautiful. These are not kids' movies. They're not, and I was young when I saw them. Because I mean, when she put that rabbit in that um, in the stew in that pot, 
I was like, she's crazy. This bitch is crazy. That's what I remember <laughs> feeling that in my head. And I was just like, poor rap. Like, I just, it was just, it, I was, I will tell you this. I'm those ridiculous people that go to like magic shows. And I'll be like, it is magic. I know it. Like, I, I just, it's very easy for me to suspend my belief with really good stuff. So that's Absolutely. why. And I talked to Rashawn about this before we, I did the show. The movie that I was, so I really love horror movies. Mm-hmm. really love them like I I mean I'm a little scary now so I try to make my boyfriend watch them with me but like uh child's play uh, okay. here we go this is such a weird thing to to like about this movie but this is the thing so I'm talking about the 80s one uh or early yeah. 90s but the reason why I thought child's play was so brilliant is because um and I'm not trying to talk about I'm not trying to compare it to any other horror but for mm-hmm. me I love the moment of reveal I thought it was brilliantly worked, whether you believe in voodoo or not. The fact that everybody that was watching that movie completely forgot that the batteries were not put into this this doll until the mm-hmm. like the three fourths of the movie was done, and he had been talking and doing stuff the entire time. And when the mother picked that box up and she was like, and it said on their um, you know batteries included, when well, she dropped the box, the batteries flew, flew fell out, and she was like. Oh shit! We never put batteries in this doll, and even <laughs> and even the doll. I mean, Charles Lee Ray even was like, "Oh shit! I forgot about the batteries." Like he didn't even, you know, what I'm saying like it was. Everybody was just like, I remember watching it and going, "Oh, the batteries were never in there," and I just thought that was such a brilliantly written script to where that I love reveals like that. I love when movies mm-hmm. do that kind of stuff, like on Orphan. When you were just like, mm-hmm. oh, this bitch is like 48. Like, you just didn't know. <laughs> I just love stuff like that. When you can get me like that in those types of movies. Uh, that that So that child's, I love child's play for that reason alone. But it was a horror movie. So I just, yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Corliss, for $1 million, what movie could you quote? From start to finish. I feel like you have so many. Just, I already know. Because one of them is Sleeping <laughs> with the Enemy. But um, <laughs> I watched, um, what was that movie? Someone Like You. I watched that way too much with Ashley Judd. Aww, is it Ashley yeah. Judd? Yeah. And then yeah. I could also probably do a Don't Be a Menace to South Central While You Drink Your Juice in the Hood. I can go, that one, I, I say stuff in the, from that movie to real people that are just having a regular conversation with me and they're like, what? And I'm like, nothing, don't worry about it. That's just me. Message. Yeah, like I'm like ridiculous with the the, the reason with that movie, yeah. All right, uh, let's get a little saucy. Corliss, what's one movie opinion you have that would get you in some hot water with other cinephiles? Uh... I did not like The Godfather. <laughs> Let's go. Corliss. Let's go. Oh Let's go. Wow. I don't know what everybody's talking about. It's a, it's a romantic language of subtlety. I was just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I get the point of the movie. Let's just say you're not in hot water with me. I was like, you and Josh are about to be friends. Yeah, and I never seen it, so I feel like I would. Oh, my God. Honestly. I grew up with The Godfather. Wow. I'm not saying it's bad. It's not bad. I just don't just, see the uh, the thrill or the passion behind everybody's, you know, when they're speaking about it. I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I gave it a good college try like three times. Like I tried. Oh, okay. The first time I fell asleep and I woke up and it was like all kinds of stuff was happening. I was like, what? Who went? My sister gets mad at me because there's this book 
that was in English class that I was just like, girl, that book was not good. And she was like, but it was about the time of the, and I was like, it was not Downton Abbey type. It was that kind of genre, Pride and Prejudice, I think. And I was like, girl, this is not good. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, no, you, the women couldn't show their ankles back then. And I was like, girl, I don't, I can't relate. Like, I just couldn't get it. Ankles out. The Wire at first was that for me. Like, I was like, the wire is not good. And then I looked at it again, and I was like, the wire is brilliant. <laughs> I tried so hard. I tried, but I just couldn't ever. It's <laughs> brilliant. You remember the episode of Family Guy? Yeah, he's, he talks about the Godfather, yeah. And everybody was like, what? It's red. And he was like, everybody says that. Everybody says that. When I say it, everybody it's, says that. No. It, says, it insists on itself. Yeah, and it's just like, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? And then like, <laughs> Stuart was like, well, how could you say you don't like it if you never gave it a chance? That's how I felt. I just was like, oh, I agree with Peter. And Peter has been a moron for most of that show, so I just never tell people I don't like the Godfather. <laughs> And what what is your at Corliss? <laughs> I don't even care no more. You know, I'm not afraid of you at Corliss Delorean. Okay, you know whatever. On that note, Corliss. Yes. What are we fighting about today? Uh, this re- ridiculous <laughs> movie called Midsummer that Rashawn asked me to watch a couple of weeks ago. What time is it? Nine p.m. That can't be right. The sky is blue. This is what nine p.m. is like here. How long have you two been together? Just over three and a half years. Four years. Really? Yeah. What do you think? It's like another world. Tomorrow's a big day. Is it scary? What is it? It has special properties. What am I going through? We just need to acclimate. I don't want to acclimate. I want to go. Absolutely not. What's happening? (laughs) Midsummer is a 2019 horror film directed by Ari Aster. It stars Florence Pugh, Jack Rayner, Willem Blomgren, William Jackson Harper, and Will Poulter. This movie tells the story of Danny, a young woman who experiences a terrible loss and accompanies her boyfriend and his friends to a festival in Sweden that occurs once every 90 years where they encounter unspeakable things. Now, you guys, on this podcast, we're all big fans of Hereditary, (laughs) except our guests. (laughs) Yikes. Yikes. And we talked a lot about that on our Best of the Decade, both performances and movies, and then... Literally two years later, Midsummer comes out, and I loved it. I sat in the theater by myself for two and a half hours. I ordered the script from A24. I've watched it. This is my fifth watch. So I'm a big fan of Midsummer. You just lost six hours um, of your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not good math. Wait. It's not. Ten hours, whatever. <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of this movie. I love I love the technical side of it. I love the cinematography. I love the performances. I think Ari Aster is a demented soul Absolutely. that I just uh, connect with, and um, I'm ready to fight for Midsummer. It is the middle of the summer, literally, as we record this, and I think <laughs> we're gonna have a, a festival of our own. So, 
Let's start with a surefire thing. Surprisingly, I know I have one person on my side, and that is Lacey. It's a Lashanaissance today. Let's do it. Our time to shine because I fucking love this movie. Like you, Rishan, I love everything on the technical, cinematic side of it. As a whole, it is a flawlessly shot, written, performed movie. Um, it is disturbing as hell. It is scary. It is... It, but like you, Rashawn, I think this is my fourth or fifth time watching it. And every time I come away with it, with a new feeling, with a new opinion, top to bottom, it is brilliantly disturbing. So, uh, Duke's up. Let's go. Who are we fighting against today? <laughs> Ready to fight. Let me Let me go to... There's one person who I'm not, I have no idea how they feel because this was their first watch, but I'm going to go to Carmela first. What up? Um, you, Rashawn, have another, another fighter on your side today. Yes! I really, really like Midsummer. This is my second watch. The first one, I went into it not knowing a single thing about it and as you guys know if you've listened before that's my favorite way to go into movies is just not know anything about it and let the movie let it be like a whole total experience and that it was um I want to say the first 15 to 20 minutes of this movie is actually one of the most scary things I've seen and I've seen a good chunk of horror movies I want to say that whole beginning with the sister I couldn't get it out of my head for fucking weeks. I'm also the type of person that when I see a movie that I love, I go and like read every article about it. So I'm like, oh my God, what did this mean? What did that mean? And so I just kept giving myself nightmares. Mm -hmm. And for a movie that's mostly set in the daytime, this fucking movie <laughs> is chilling. I, I really love Hereditary, but I can't compare it to Hereditary because I feel like this is a completely different movie. Yes, it still has like stylization that heredi Hereditary has, but that's just due to the director, which, like you said, Rashawn, is completely fucking nuts, but he turns that into a masterpiece with Midsummer. So, listeners, we have a first. Um, I brought one of my best friends on the podcast, <laughs> and usually when we bring guests on the podcast... It's for backup. This week's guest does not have my back. <laughs> and um, all that nice stuff I said in the beginning, throw it away. Because I want to hear what Corliss thinks about Midsummer. I don't care what any of y'all say. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be by my damn self up in this. Okay? On the, on the podcast with the people that are hosting the show, I will sit by myself and tell you that this movie was not true to its genre. Um, I will sit here and tell you, but let me start off. Let me, I like to do this. I like to start off with pros. What I will agree with, the cinematography was beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely brilliant. I will also go back to say that the beginning sequence of the movie was absolutely um, probably the most shocking um, things I've witnessed since uh, for a while in a, in a movie. And I was, um, I was completely intrigued when it began. Mm -hmm. And then it just all went to shit. <laughs> First of all, I don't know why y'all keep saying horror. Uh, you should use that term loosely. This is not a horror film whatsoever. 
the people of Sweden actually watched the movie and are, are actually saying, verbally saying that it is used as a dark comedy. It is not being said as a horror for them at all. I don't even know how you can even say it's a horror when there was no sense of urgency from the main character. How do you go to another country with people that you don't even know if they like you or not? They start disappearing and no, I don't care what, a mushroom mushrooms. I don't care what they was drinking. If somebody damn disappears from my group of people, Americans that I was with, the only people that were real in this movie to me, let me, I'm going to finish my prose, was Pele because he hit us with a slow con. And then the next yes, people were the two Londoners that were actually really reacting to what they were supposed to be fucking reacting to. Like you don't see people mm-hmm. smash their face on rock <laughs> and just be like, oh my God, what's happening right now? Like you've never seen that in your life. Even your mother and father's death <laughs> in the bed with carbon um, monoxide. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was like, dioxide is what we release. Okay, anyways, but you're you pulling me off my, my tangent. That is that's disturbing. But to see two people jump to their damn deaths and then they and then they then they bashed his head in with because he didn't really die all the way. He just broke his leg. I was just like, why are isn't anybody running for the hills? And it was like nobody was doing it. Like, I don't care what kind of thesis paper I'm trying to get finished. I'm never gonna watch somebody kill themselves and everybody else be like, oh, okay, and then just be like, I gotta finish this paper. Like that's ridiculous to me. <laughs> Like, okay. It was. It was not. I was not scared one time, and every time I thought they were going to make me scared, they just went off on some like weird little cultural ritual thing where I was like, "How are you that easily distracted, bro? Like, somebody offered you a cup of tea, and there's blood in your boyfriend's drink. Like, and this is my <laughs> thing. They sit at the table. Oh, can you come with me? Um, go where? Oh, just come with me. Uh, can I get one explanation of why I'm following you? <laughs> Okay, let's. We have one. We have one more opinion to grab. <coughs> that's three, four, one. Very strong against. This is Josh's first watch. Mm. I am a little nervous because Josh is a power hitter, and I don't know what side he's hitting on. <laughs> let us. Let us. Let us know what's up. This movie ended. Like I watched it again last night. Like fret. This is fresh. The technical side of this movie editing cinematography is masterful like this is some of the best cinematography i think i've ever seen then the first 15 minutes including the first probably two minutes has one of the best jump scares of any movie ever you're hearing this beautiful melodic norwegian vocals and then like an old school phone rings i jumped out of my seat (laughs) i want to say i'm pro midsummer but in in Corliss's tangent alone, there were parts I agreed with her with, and that there is a sense of urgency that is sort of it sort of disappears when I'll say about the marker when Mark disappears and Will Poulter's character disappears. There's a, and and I I agree. I wouldn't call this a horror movie. I'd call it a thriller. I don't know what I'd call it. I liked it. I I liked the movie. So for the first time ever, I think, Rashawn, I think I'm going to be playing referee. I ultimately liked the movie, but I can see there are some issues with it. Oh. Well, there are none, but (laughs) I will. I appreciate your effort. (laughs) I do. I, 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 in the end, I, the movie ended and 
Lacey just flat out asked me if I liked it, and I liked it. I enjoyed myself watching the movie. I was really wrapped up in the technicality of it, astounded by it. And I think Florence Pugh is a powerhouse. Absolutely. Uh, all, and all the supporting William Jackson Harper, yeah. Jack Rayner, Will Poulter, they all, they're all incredible. But there are some parts that I didn't think I had a problem with until I heard them out loud uh, four minutes ago. And now I'm like, <laughs> you know what? She's kind of right. <laughs> this episode is two firsts. The guest hates the movie. <laughs> and, I'll, <laughs> and I'll be playing referee. <laughs> okay, so Josh, you reserve the right to switch sides at any point in this yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So let me get let me get some some bullet like, points, like a good referee. <laughs> <laughs> let me get some points to hit that I heard from Corliss. I heard pacing and urgency. I heard it's not a horror movie. This is for Lacey and Mel for our team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I heard that. Once people started going missing, there should have been a little bit more of an alert for everyone around them. Is that are those pretty solid bullet points, Corliss? Yes, and you can also add to it that it had two different focuses, which is a very dangerous thing to have in a movie. What were the two focuses? The one girl's journey into not being alone anymore. I guess that's if that's even a strong enough objective. And then, uh, and then people were dying. So it was like, and then the people dying was put off by the wayside. So uh, I wouldn't even say it was a strong two focal points, but it definitely had too many cooks in the kitchen for a movie. Sorry. It just, it was just too many things that you were trying to like, wait, is it a horror? Cause I'm looking at people dying, but no one's paying attention. It's just too many. If it, it was about her journey, not being alone, which is a, which is not a horror movie. It's a, um, I don't know. It's a, a drama. I don't know, but it's just not. It started off so good, though. That's the. I'll be honest with you. I wanted it to be scary. Like I was like, like I was looking at it, and I was just like, oh, this is good. Like I was just ready. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this <laughs> is a very good example of a movie where you cannot, at least for the five people in this room right now, I think you cannot put yourself in their shoes which is something that i think a lot of horror movies do they want you to feel like oh would you ever go into that house would you ever look down that dark hallway if you hear a noise and a lot of the thrill of watching a horror movie is like no i would never do that i'm gonna yell at the screen i'm gonna tell them to leave the house call the police uh don't get out the car if you hear a noise and this movie kind of strips all that away in the first 20 minutes because it's like who has been to sweden to go to a festival thesis paper yeah on a festival in scandinavia nobody so a lot of that like what would you do is kind of taken away so i think that plus you know the movie begins with a you know a murder double homicide so it's just like a lot of those things you can't really like relate to so you kind of just have to watch it and experience it with danny who is kind of taking all this in as our audience surrogate so that, for me, is where it differs from, say, Scream or I Know What You Did Last Summer. Because you can't really relate to the Can thing. we all agree that it's not a horror? No, we cannot. I think it is a psychological horror. For me, yeah. this movie is, uh, from the different times that I watched it, the first time I watched it, I found myself having moments of like, yeah, fuck, fuck those guys. Fuck her friends. 
good for her. Like I had moments of, yeah, she, she, you do deserve support. You do deserve this community of people that, yes, they are killing people and committing suicide willy nilly, but like they're listening to you and they're giving to you something that no one in your life has been doing for you since the murder suicide of your family. Watching it after that, I realized how susceptible I was to the community and what they were offering to Danny as well. Nothing that's happening in this movie is good, healthy, uh, appropriate. It's all totally psychologically fucked. But they do a really good job of showing you, especially from a cult perspective, how people can get wrapped in and how people can get sucked into what what it is they do. And that, to me, is terrifying. That is horrifying to Lacey, me. see, go back to what you were saying uh, before, because you said that when you first watched it, you said that you saw this girl and you were like, yeah, fuck them. This is that and the other. And then you said something that triggered me um, about the movie, which is, okay, I am a big person to stick by the rules with scripts. Like, I don't like it when movies reference something and then they don't even bring it back. Um, Army of the Dead, mm-hmm. which I, I won't talk bad about right now, but they, I don't like it when a script, the rule of scripts to me is always Everything that is said needs to be pertinent to the film and the trend in the in the for propelling the movie forward. And for mm-hmm. me, one of the other things that I feel like with character development, even in the most agonizing way, on uh, if you looked at Orange is the New Black, when they try to have their their white woman as the main character with the blonde hair and stuff, I don't know her name. I don't. Piper. I'm not good with names. But like ultimately. <laughs> Even her annoying character, you still wanted to follow her to some degree. I yeah. did not feel that connection with the main character of the movie. As a matter of fact, to me, it was like what? they did not, they didn't even try to develop a a a, 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 a actual like empathy. I didn't, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like. They didn't. They didn't do something to connect her with the story. Like it, it, it was like it was a separate entity that was just traveling along in the film. That you were like, "Oh, girl, Rashad and I are like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's that, the point. She is. She is so. She's adrift. She has nothing to anchor onto, and it sucks because the people closest to her are these three terrible men." Like her support system is gone. They the person are. that's the closest to her was the girl she was talking to on the phone with about her boyfriend. That would have been her somebody therapist. I would have. If she said she was going to Sweden with them, I would have been like, okay, this this is giving me something to look forward to. None of those guys even they didn't even look up when she walks into the room. And to add on to it, the director purposely detached her from them. If you notice, if you go back and look at that film, y'all looked at it over 18 hours, if I've calculated this correctly. <laughs> they wouldn't even put her in the same shot as the as the dudes in the room, which is further questioning my uh, uh, of the reason of why she would even feel compelled to go. She literally walks in that door and you saw her reflection on the television screen. 
And then the three mm-hmm. guys were literally in their notes. If they, when they were even talking about her, she sounded like an afterthought. And she on the phone was very aware of this when she was talking to the, on her on the phone with her best friend. Like that reasoning alone is like, why would you even go with them? You don't even think your boyfriend likes you, and you gonna go to Sweden with him to a a, a ritualistic cult? Pele was like, I'm, that's why I don't have a problem with Pele because he was like the he was a slow con. He was the guy that was like, okay, I found somebody that I that's super susceptible to stuff. If they would have enhanced that dynamic that he was grooming her for that, I would have been a little bit more compelled to be like, okay, this wasn't that bad. But they didn't even develop that properly. It was just like sporadically done throughout the thing and she was still chasing after her boyfriend that she knew didn't like her. Like, I can't feel like she's a victim when you're putting yourself in situations to be a victim. And then for me, this is actually, this is actually giving people like uh encouragement to be like i need to be accepted by society that is a weak way to like that i don't want anybody to want you should never want to be accepted by everybody in society that's a weak type of self-esteem or mentality to have when especially she needed to go to a therapist she had a therapist she had <laughs> that a wasn't therapist. her friend that's who was she was talking to yeah. see look how i don't even know because it was so ridiculously <laughs> disconnected kind of on this point i'll maybe lean a little more rashawn because you're given the you're given the idea that she is so lost and so lonely in the quick scene after the party where He's telling her, well, yeah, I just decided today. And and he's like, you know what? Maybe I should go. And she's so desperate to not be alone that she drags, physically drags him away from the door to sit on the couch just and apologizes to him, Mm -hmm. even though he was in the wrong, just so she won't be alone. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the best scenes in the whole movie. And they haven't even gotten to Sweden yet because you realize how how ensnared she is in him Mm -hmm. and he's a terrible boyfriend he's a terrible boyfriend but in those quick two minutes he gaslights the fuck out of her and he's like well i feel like you're attacking me so i should just go and i think a big problem and the disconnect between corliss de loren and Mm -hmm. midsummer is that you are so much a, such a strong person you're much stronger than danny is mm-hmm. and danny is at her lowest point but even without the tragedy she's she is so codependent on christian to the point where when this tragedy happens she's like i don't i i don't have anything other than like i i need him i need him i i gotta go right. with him I disagree because I've watched other movies where I could not relate to the character in general with personality type, but I was empathetic Mm -hmm. or sympathetic rather to the struggle that they were dealing with. Like I can't relate to the dude from Menace to Society, but for to some degree, I was like, I I, I didn't grow up in in Compton. I didn't, I don't know about the hood like that. I grew up in Sugarland, Texas. Like this is the suburbs of all suburbs. So for me, I don't, I can't, I don't buy that. I feel like there wasn't something developed for me in the script and for the character. The development of that character was not done properly to me for me to go, I, oh, I get it. Like, because I, I was following everything. When she started panting at the same time with the girls, I was like, they doing it because they're trying to make her feel like she a part of it. And they're really trying to get her mm-hmm. to believe that she has people that accept her reaction and what she's dealing with. I get that. I got all those moments, all those metaphors, all that symbolism. I got it. I just wasn't engaged in this in this movie like I should have been. And, and there's a problem with that because I started off engaged. Something dropped for me. 
and I, I've been in an abusive relationship. I've been verbally uh, abused and like and neglected. I know what that's like. I could not follow her. I can't. Mm. I can't sit here and say that I believe to the 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 pivotal point for me was the people dropping off the clue. <laughs> okay, let's get but to that's that. just what they it's, do. Yeah, that's let's get to the ceremony. Do. So, Danny, Danny comes. Whether you are on board or not, Danny goes to Sweden. They get to the festival. They're welcomed into the community, and Josh, um, William Jackson Harper's character, asks if they're going to have an Adestupa ceremony, mm-hmm. and he knows what it is, so he's excited for it, which I think is just fucking weird, but he's ready for it, and they go to the ceremony, and these two elders who are in, I like the explanation that Pelly has, they're the last year spring, of their summer, cycle. fall, yeah, winter. And these two people jump off of a cliff. I feel like that's the point in the movie where you're watching, where you're either on board or you're like, I'm out. I'm completely on board. You were out. I was out. Why are you on board, Mel? Again, Lacey like, described it really well. Is that your first watch? For me, my first watch, I wasn't like enraptured with the cult. Like I wasn't like, oh, I'm into this. I like the movie. That's what it was. But this time around... My ass would have been the maid queen. Like, I would have been there. (laughs) I had a community. Nothing's really wrong for me. My shit-ass boyfriend is burning up as a bear. These are not my friends. Goodbye. I don't care about you. So maybe I have to watch it a third time to be like, ah, this this is not too good. This cult is not too good. But the thing is, and again, maybe I'm just wrapped up in it, I don't feel that this quote-unquote cult is all that bad. Oh. I know that's crazy. No. I know that's crazy. No. But to me, wait, but to me, I don't think that they're doing anything to harm anyone outside of their own people. What about the uh, four newcomers that they fucking murdered? They knew what they were coming into. Don't go. No, they didn't. They did not. <laughs> oh, bo- Rashawn just said he knew what he was doing. That guy knew what he was doing. Jo- is his name Josh? Right? Yeah. Josh did, but but Connie, Simon, Mark, and Aww, Christian explicitly didn't know what they were getting into. Yeah, but it only happens every ninety years. Like, oh what's my god, that's it. the other thing I want to talk to you about. Since y'all looked at this, and now and now it's about to be twenty hours because Carmela says she wants to give it a third watch. Um. <laughs> If, if, if 20 hours of your life is gone. I'm just kidding. No, Um. Uh, my question is, uh, this is another thing that it wasn't adding up for me. Okay, with the pure population alone, the amount of people that they were murdering and like people having to drop off the, pl- the, 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 uh, the cliff and stuff, I just didn't feel like those numbers added up. And did Pele's parents actually burn in the Yellow House fire? I think so. so. Was his parents like 90 years old? Uh, 72 is when they die. There's also the volunteers at the end. So like, um, what's his name? And the other guy who started Mm -hmm. screaming when he was burning alive. Each ceremony has two volunteers. Uh, Pele's brother, yeah. Oh my God. But it only happens every 90 years. No, bro. If you got the old people killing themselves because they're no longer a pivotal part of society. And then... And then you have, like, you basically kill all the newcomers that show up. Then you only fuck one bitch to have a baby. 
and then you kill your partner afterwards. Like it's like it's all these murders. But that's but the everything that you're seeing, this is the first like this is uh Pele's first midsummer festival. He's hasn't been here for every festival, but he knows about it. They only go out to go get people to kill. I didn't get the impression that they do this every year. That's my point. They don't do it every year, so there should be three people in the cult. Like this. <laughs> like it, it, everybody's dying. Like but I also took it as people, I mean, look at um, Danny is like, she's not going to die. She's there. I, I mean, maybe she stays, maybe she doesn't. I took it as that she's staying, yeah, she's but staying, that's still sure. one more person that was not related, who's not related, who's a part of the cult now, who's probably going to have sex with somebody there, make a family. Like, so that's how the cult grows. They get one baby and the bitch fuck the dude and then she might be pregnant. That plus Danny staying is still a net loss with the two people killing themselves, the two volunteers dying. I mean, there's nothing to say though that Mark and that girl that he went off with didn't do it either though. We never saw. That's true. I had a feeling that he was seduced and then he was killed. murdered. That was it. I think he was. Just I think killed. they fucked. I think that because that there's that there's that baby <laughs> so that they just have. You pee on a ritual wooden tree that they put their ancestors' ashes on. You're not getting a fuck before you go. <laughs> <laughs> they did say he has a dirty little penis. So. But there's that baby that they have where she's like. Yeah, the whole community raises this baby. Whose child is that? They're like, she doesn't stay with the mother. This is everyone's baby. There's no explanation to who gave birth to that baby. Where's the mother? Isn't that sweet, though? That's so oh nice. Oh, my God. Carmela's, Carmela's gone. Carmela's gone. <laughs> See you in Sweden. <laughs> we all know, no surprise, <laughs> I am super susceptible to kidnapping cults. Like, I'm very easy. I don't want this to sound too insulting, but I can't see you lasting two weeks at a place like that. And I don't mean no. in turn. <laughs> Girl, no, we need AC. We need AC. Go uh, water your crops and, and handpick your linen so we can uh, go buy food at the local mart a uh, hundred miles away. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk. Okay, so we're at the festival, the five of us. I want to know if it's not the ceremony, what, at what point are you like, I got to get out? You're not going to get out because once you're, I feel like once you're there, you're, you're fucked. You're either mm -hmm. the May Queen or you're, you're dead. Oh, for me, I think it was the point where I saw Connie and I can't think of his name, James, Simon, Simon, Connie and Simon. That to me would be more of a, like, I know the head smashing is like fucking nuts. But I can chalk that up to being like, this is what they do, right? But once I start seeing the two normal people that didn't come with me and they're everyone's being shifty about it, I'd be like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is not just like a part of the traditions. Real shit is starting to hit the fan. No one is leaving. Yeah. This is all fake. Josh. Head smashing. <laughs> I'm <gonna. laughs> Oh, I absolutely the head smashing. Like if I even made it to them jumping off before I had left, I it, I would have. That's it. I couldn't. I couldn't see anymore. Yeah, I think I'm out. The head smashing. I mean, by the time she hits the rock, I think I'm. <laughs> I think I'm gone. But mm -hmm. gone. what I what I do love about that moment is how 
and and I think the, uh, the movie as a whole pre- doesn't present until very 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 late in the game. They don't present the cult as sinister. Everything mm. that they do is very warm and sunny and inviting because you're seeing it from Danny's perspective. And in that moment of the the ceremony, she kind of locks eyes with the woman. And it's almost like the cult is kind of easing her into the acceptance of what death is and how death might not be that bad. And they talk about it there. I mean, yeah, they say, you know, this this was an honor for them and we're honoring them and we're happy for them. They're released now there. And then we get that shot where we see her mom, her dad and her sister on the rocks the on same the rocks, way the yeah. two the two seniors were laying there. I think it's a it's a presentation of death that she hasn't seen before and it's a new perspective on it that yeah. I she's just hungry to to deal with what she's going through. She wants a resolution, she wants a reason. This is yeah. what, this is not going to work for me because this is why <laughs> if it was so honorable for them to have them plummet to their death and all that other stuff. They had plenty of drugs to intoxicate them so that they would do it without feeling any pain. These people were obviously of sound state of mind and jumped to their death and felt every moment of the jump and the pain of it. So for me, I'm just not even relating it to the su- the double suicide, um, homicide, murder at the beginning because at least with the, 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 the air being pumped into their parents' room, they just died peacefully in their sleep. And and that's just a that's just a scientific fact with um, being killed in that manner. So for me, the the society never showed any warmth to me. As a matter of fact, I feel like they were cold and robotic the entire time. And throughout the movie, it progressed even more intensely to where they weren't even speaking at the dinner tables. These people were like looking like they looked awkward talking to each other. And it was like, it, it to me, it was just so robotic and disconnected. I had a hard time understanding how Danny was even thinking that this might be an acceptable society for her to sit in. They didn't really start engaging with her that much until they were ready to make her the May Queen by accident. And then, and, and then ultimately have her, you know, wear the flowers and all the jewels and stuff and be a part of their society. Everybody was robotic. I'm not saying that it's not weird and it's not foreign. I'm just saying that a different movie would have every single member of the cult kind of lurking around every corner and kind of looking at her suspiciously. I think they present it. And I think what Ari does so brilliantly is that it's just it's like a fine line. Us watching like we know it's the movie. This is Midsummer. Things are not right. But I think they present it in a way that is just matter of fact. Like this is the Mm -hmm. cult. This is how they are. This is what they do. And she's in the wrong state of mind to experience this. So she gets like easily swept up in it. So I, I agree with you that it's robotic. Sorry, John. No, I think the thing that made it most believable for me that she stayed wasn't. I mean, I can see how she was grappling and grasping to try and figure out how to come to terms with death. But I think the most important character in terms of Danny staying is I think I don't even know her name one of the members that basically became her best friend, the one that invited her to come in and cook, the one that taught Mm. her all of the, of the Mm -hmm. May queen dances, the one that told her about the tea. There was one girl that kept like being the friend she never had. And that was the most, that made it believable to me that she would stay. 
there's also the part of the writing that dipped the most for me actually also came during the cliff jumping head bashing scene. And that was when they kind of had to forcefully exclude Mark, Will Poulter's character. I think Will Poulter's character, it was one of my favorites because there's always like Josh, William Jackson Harper's character is like pretending to be nice, but he's still a douchebag. But there's, I enjoy a good forward facing douchebag character like Mark. And Mark was such a, a volatile character and such a loud and disruptive force that I think they realized they couldn't have him at that scene because it would take away from the Simon <laughs> and Connie reaction. And to me, it's just like, I want to take a nap. Kind of, it didn't hit correctly for me. Like, that's the one scene I would have wanted to see Mark act and react to because he's he sort of seemed like almost the voice of the Watcher. Like, what the fuck is going on? The whole time. But then he, he, when they come back, he says, you, that's what you let me sleep through. He wanted to see it. Yeah. I, and that's what I, I wanted to see. His, I wanted to see what Mark would have done there. And it, it kind of bummed me out that mm-hmm. they just kind of. Yeah. Wrote I gotta, him out of it. I gotta agree with you. But like I said, if he, if he's there, that lessens. Because everyone else, Josh and Christian and Danny are stunned into silence that amplifies Connie and Simon's reaction. But if Mark's there, he's not going to be silent. So you're going to have Mark competing with Connie and Simon. So I get it, but I still, I still wanted to see Mark there. This is a weak argument, but if he's there, he's dead a lot sooner. So he couldn't yeah, be there. Yeah, that's true too. I think he, di- he disrupts the ceremony a lot yeah. sooner. Yeah. I might be looking into this a little bit too much, but I thought that the woman, the senior woman, and Florence Pugh shared similarities. Looked so... Okay, okay. Yes, I said the same thing! And I didn't see that the first watch this time around. I saw it immediately from when she's looking at her before the ceremony. Mm -hmm. And I was like, do they look alike? Is that on purpose? Am I trying to fucking read cues where there's nothing? Like, And then when she's on the cliff and there's just like that close-up shot between them two, I'm like, nah, this is like, she doesn't, they look alike. And I feel like she's almost looking at herself and her future. If she stays in Sweden, if she stays on this, this, um, what is it called? Combine? I don't know. Commune. Yeah. There's an argument to be made that the old guy kind of looks like Pele too. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, I can. Yeah, see I that. think her and or her and Pele, after this movie, are probably starting a family. Absolutely, together. absolutely. That's and that's the one thing I gotta agree with you on, Corliss. Partly because it's a praise of the movie <laughs> is that I think Pele. <laughs> I think he's the best in a sea of like amazing performances. I think he is so Willem is so good as Pele. So because good. there's never a moment where he like twirls his mustache or kind of like shows his hand. He's so understanding and he's so emotional. Because he was the only one that stayed true to what his purpose was in the film. And he obviously had a clear objective. Um, And he saw Mm -hmm. his objective change very quickly. Because at first those guys were just coming to die. Period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I think when he noticed the insert of, uh, I don't even know her name, um, but her character, the girl, the main character's, uh, you know, personality. And he was just like, hmm, 
I might be bringing over someone that can join our society. And I could see it in him every time he engaged with her. Hey, you should really yeah. come. This would be great for us. It was it was such a good slow con and like a very like charming and sweet. He had that little, you know, that little foreign stutter that they had where they're like, you should come in and then it'll be this. And then they'll go like this. <laughs> like that Hugh, Hugh Grant, that little, that banter that they do. That, you should do that. And then she was just, every time something was wrong, he was like, are you okay? What is happening to you right now? And she was like, I don't know. I feel weird. And he was just like, don't worry. Just embrace it. Just come with everything is this. It, he was the only person I was like, okay, I believe his character. He had a purpose. He fulfilled his purpose. His brother didn't even do his damn job properly. You know what I'm saying? Like he did what he was supposed to do. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, y'all. I just, I, I, I will. I, I'm going to lean a little bit towards Corliss' side again in this. And, and when it comes to character intentions is, the Christian character did fall flat for me a little bit because pretty much everyone else had had a had a clear cut, even if it's a, a shallow reason. Mark went to Sweden because he wanted to fuck Swedish girls. He had an objective. He had a reason. Josh went because he's studying anthropology. Danny went because she was look she needed to get away from home. She's can't be alone. Christian was just kind of floating around for me. The character kind of fell a little flat for me, especially at the beginning, a little bit. He was okay a little bit more towards the end once they kind of gave him a goal and an objective and stakes. But at the beginning, and this is nothing to do with Jack Rayner and his performance. It's just kind of, he seemed a little objectiveless. I feel like that was the point though, is like he Mm -hmm. is objectiveless. Like his... Christian has nothing going for him. He he can't get his relationship right. He can't get whatever he has going on as far as education or a job. It's true. And he goes on this trip probably. He stole his damn friend's thesis paper. <sighs> right. It's like he has nothing going for him where it's like, you know, him and Danny are on the same level of just like lost souls two negative people together nothing is gonna happen except so he like thinks he, he has this... a goal he thinks he has something <laughs> and it's just like he is also so easily conned into everything it's like they didn't have to try hard once like you said Corliss they were like come on over and he's like where doesn't matter just come and he's like alright bet I'm going like I think one line actually said it doesn't matter like they were like it don't I... matter just <laughs> yeah they just, do come on I do that's that that was a, a, I think, a really good work of direction or screenwriting. Is that each step of the love charm was sabotaged? Josh took the rune from under his bed before he could sleep with it. Uh, he pulled the pube out of his mouth before Yum. he swallowed it. I guess he did drink a little period blood, but almost all of the steps of the love spell were were stopped before they could take hold, and he still fell for it. Part of what I love about this movie is it's not, yeah, that, it's not trying. That was a pro twi- for me. Yeah, yeah, it's not trying to like twist or throw you for a loop. Like the entire plot of the movie is on the panel of the first screen. They're about to show you everything that's about to happen. You just have to experience it and watch it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's pretty straightforward. You're like, fuck, I'm, a bunch of Americans going to Sweden. They're about to get fucked up. And I think the thing that sets it apart, like he's not trying to recreate the Wicker Man or any kind of folk horror, but he's like, I'm telling this story with these bare bones, but also kind of addressing grief and, and codependency and gaslighting. And I'm 
doing it within the confines of a horror movie. I think it's a horror movie. I'm sorry, Corlys, I love you. No, but <laughs> what it, what is your give me give me this is, this is my situation. Go. In in the idea that you guys are still so hell bent on making this a horror film, which it is not. The, then I'm going to represent my same argument that I said at the beginning is where is the sense of urgency or some type of like fear or anything? It's completely gone. They took it out with all the, the drug use. They, I mean, like at one point, Christian, the horrible boyfriend, should have been like, this is fucked up. Like he's seeing his black friend's foot coming out the ground. A dude is being suspended in the air. His lungs are still breathing. And he's just like, He's drugged at that like it's done. It's a wrap. He's drugged at that point. Don't don't present a drug that's just supposed to be a magic drug that does it takes all away your senses. Cause then it's like, why aren't you just sitting there numb? That's the part that's unrelatable. Don't vanilla sky me in this. Like, don't put like this abstract uh, this abstract drug that I'm supposed to be like, oh, but you can't, you don't care, you don't think, you don't breathe, you just follow everybody else. Like, that's not fair. By the end of the movie. The drug is is a shortcut, but I think by the end of the movie, when he's in the chair, he can't move, he can't speak. He is in Danny. He's but in. That's not a concept yeah. that's that's in throughout the entire movie. Like I can't sit here and say, "Oh, um, I took this drug, and then it just makes me follow everybody asking me to do stuff." And then, but if my friend disappears, if I see a foot in the ground, I'm not going to react to it. I'm not going <laughs> to feel like I got to get out of that situation. And then my thing is, this the, the director. What I will give him credit for is he definitely did his research. As a matter of fact, he did look up Nordic rituals and things and and like cultural things that they have in their society. There is a Mayflower Queen. All those wonderful aspects of this film are are actual things that are in society right now to this day. But And then he even uses those different symbols on them that are like Celtic or something like that. And like they mean stuff. Like they actually mean like certain things. I looked at different videos about this director's journey. But my point is this. I'm going to say what I, someone told me as a, a comic. If you have to explain your joke, that means it's probably not that funny. So this movie has a lot of like, oh, I got to go research and understand why this was like this and this and that. And y'all looked at it 20 hours. That means, guess what? When I first watched the movie, it wasn't clear cut of what it was about and what it needed to mean. And that's a problem for me. A good film is going to be like, oh, this is, I got it from beginning to end. Y'all over here researching and reading books and stuff, trying to understand what y'all looked at. (laughs) Wait a minute! You are you are the one researching. You reading. guys did Nobody too. I've heard all of y'all talking about something. When I look back at the film, I realized the symbolism that was coming there. All of y'all have said that. But that's but that is not that is not the enjoyment of the movie that enhances it. <laughs> what if you didn't understand uh-huh. how did it enhance something you ain't even understand from the beginning, bro? We understood it, sis. I no, y'all did not. Y'all sitting here lying and telling me y'all y'all didn't understand why, why why did the flowers in, in, intensify as she went through her whole journey with the ritual? Do you know why? It's the magic a, drug. No, she was on a hallucinogen. No, no, it's a symbolism of her um turning into something else. That's why more and more flowers well, enveloped her body. Ooh. But this is the problem. But I'm not trying but, to write an essay about the movie. I'm trying to enjoy a movie. And I feel like it's too much research and too much development that has to happen for me to actually get the clean understanding of the film. And this is the thing. If you take out the intensity and the sense of urgency from a horror film, there's nothing but a drama that I'm watching. I watched a young girl get swallowed up by a cult. 
I did not watch a horror film. Period. Point blank. That's it. But the horror, it the horror in that is that there is something horrific about it because you're watching a tragedy because you can't do anything about it. This is not a horror in the sense that you're watching people try to escape from a cult. I, I'm Googling horror because <laughs> Google you, it you right just now. changed the definition of something to fit your goddamn movie. I'll allow it. Just say it's a psychological <laughs> thriller. What's the difference? What's the difference? A, a thriller to me is something that takes you on a mind like a like you, you, your mind is going in different directions you don't know what to believe anymore you're like this you're like that that's what that movie could be for me because it was a lot of drugs I didn't understand why our hands were turning to grass at first but then I started to understand I, I, I'm i just trying to tell you that what it wasn't was this ah I didn't feel that way I wasn't terrified well, that is a very narrow no, it is not, definition bro. Definition of a horror movie. Yes, it is. I'm gonna look up the definition, and then I'm gonna tell you what it, I'm gonna Read do. It. I don't, I don't like this right now. Y'all trying, y'all trying to make this movie into something it's not. It's not. Okay, before she reads that, Lacey, is this a horror movie? Yes or no? Yes. Mella, is this a horror movie? Yes or no? Yes. Josh, tiebreaker, referee, horror movie? Yes or no? I don't think so. Whatever, Josh. You said you were gonna be on our I, side. I I'm gonna split. I I like this movie, but I don't think it's a horror movie. Why? I think it's I think it's a psychological thriller. Okay, read this, and then we're about to get into the difference. Read it. An intense feeling of fear, shock, or disgust is the definition of horror. A literary or film genre concerning an arousing fear of horror. Did anybody go in that movie going ah? It was one time I wasn't. Sh- I was like ah, I'm scared. It was shocking at times. It might have been a little shocking, but then that's a psychological thriller too. But you're, you are, a, you as a comedian know how subjective things can be. So I think even though this didn't like shock and horrify you, that doesn't mean that it's not a horror movie, Corliss and Josh. We're being American right now about this because the people that are closest <laughs> to the culture weren't even saying that it was a horror film. They were saying it was a dark comedy. Well, it's hilarious to them. Well, that's because, but they're the they have the closest connection with that type of ritual and culture. How can we sit here as Americans, never experiencing any of that stuff from that film, sit here and be like it was scary? They didn't even feel like that, and that's their shit. Because the because the horror comes from being an outsider, and the outsiders are not that's true. The Swedish people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they made a movie for one group of people. Or should you try to make art that the that's y'all y'all are making this fall apart for me more? Like I really don't. I really don't. Actively making her hate the movie more. That's an actual like BS way to say that you're an artist. I will never give a hairstylist credit if she can't do every type of hair type. I will never say you're an artist. If you can't do everybody's makeup or skin tones, I will never say you're that. If you're a director trying to do a film and you can only get to to two or three people, I ain't gonna never say that you. Um, well, not two or three people, but uh, like a certain area of people because they don't know about it. That's not good film writing. Wait, 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 wait. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that he is making a movie that doesn't fit neatly into a, a movie that I love. It's not Halloween. It's not Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, it kind of is a little bit. It, it's not like a f- slasher movie. Right. You know what I mean? And I think in that respect, sure. A slasher movie is very deliberately and obviously a horror movie. Let me ask Rashawn, what about something like 
The Sixth Sense. Is that a horror movie to you? Yes. I feel like you have horror movie and then psychological thriller falls under that umbrella. Like, it's not like one or two, you know, for, I think it's more of a, an opinion versus what it is. It could be a horror movie that's also a psychological thriller. Like, I think Hereditary is a horror movie that slash psychological thriller because I left that movie more fucked up and confused than I was scared, even though it has a lot of moments where you are screaming out loud. But I feel like it still falls under the category of horror and then subcategory is psychological. Theory. Yeah, I think what's happening right now is that's a valid understanding of it. But I think in Coralist and I's perspective, they are they are separate umbrellas instead of one falling under the umbrella of another. Mm. And th- I'm not saying that this is what I'm not putting words in your mouth, Coralist, but I think a lot of times people take away the label of horror if there's no immediate jump scares or intense scares and scenes i'm not saying that's what you're saying i'm taking horror away because there was no threat to anybody nobody looked like they were threatened the entire movie i think the threat was gone because the cult was really good at their job threat was gone because they were on drugs all the time they weren't worried about anybody disappearing these are these are elements that were put into the film I'm not even talking I about know, but... the, 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 the cult itself. The elements of the film were literally like, don't act like you care. That, that's what I feel like everybody's direction was as a character. Just act like you didn't notice that they disappeared. The, you, can't, <laughs> you can't hold a horror film up. You can't hold that standard of a horror film for something where nobody even cares that people are, are missing and body parts are showing up. It's blood in people's lemonade. And everybody's just like, just, okay. Oh, oh! Uh, did you get the? Did you get permission to do the the paper? Oh yes. Has anybody seen Mark? He's been gone for three days. <laughs> well, I think that's also a part about a part of it is that because you keep coming back to saying that there's no urgency from the main character, which may, is different from another horror movie, for example, that would make a final girl because. She basically knows all the whole time what's going on. She, like Rashawn said, is a surrogate to the audience. Whereas like Danny, I think, has no sense of urgency because she doesn't even want to go back home. She, Her character lacks a sense of urgency that she... So once she goes to this foreign land, to this festival, there's nothing really pulling her back to real life which is the scary part of it is like she's seeing all of this fucked up shit happen to her and she's in her head like well I've seen worse I saw my parents die and my sister commit suicide so there isn't a sense of urgency also the fact that these people are not her friends they they don't care about her at all and she really doesn't even know what's going on I feel like for half of the movie like you said was she's on her own journey and the fact that these people are missing she's like well i mean we're all kind of here alone that's what i got from that perspective uh when when you're in a, a film when you're making a movie there has to be like this day is different from any other day and that's why you're seeing it so for me when you're saying that she didn't have any sense of urgency because she didn't really care and all this stuff okay well then show me that in but the film her her day that was not like any other day is the first 15 minutes of the movie. 
Okay, and then they like should have stopped the movie then. <laughs> Go, Lace. Well, I was just going to say, we see that she, that I'm thinking about that conversation where she's like, why would Simon leave without Connie? Why would he do that? And she she is the one that brings it up continually. And then it's a very short moment, but she says, I can see you doing that. Mm-hmm. I can see mm-hmm. you doing that to me. That is where I see a major shift in her character with how she feels about Christian, how she feels about the cult yeah. and the people there. Mm-hmm. That's really her moment of, yeah, you guys are fucked up. This this whole situation that you have brought me into is fucked up. So I don't know. I, I feel like Danny is a portrait of depression and grief and the whole movie, all she wants is for someone to look at her and see her and hold space for her. Like, that's what she wants so desperately. And she doesn't get that from the people that are around her. She doesn't get that from her boyfriend. She doesn't get that from his friends. She sort of gets it from Pele, but she's resistant because she has this boyfriend that she's, you know, dedicated to. I got really emotional this watch around during the circle scene when the women are screaming and crying with her. I started crying on this watch because as fucked up as it is and as awful as it is, she's getting what she wants in that moment for the first time really in the whole movie. Like she's grieving and people are saying your grief is valid and your what you're experiencing is valid and we're here with you and I mean it's that's part of the horror and the scare for me is it's coming from these people who practice and believe in a completely alternate you know reality to what we live in here. I, feel, I feel like y'all are trying to put horror in place of another word. And I'm, just trying, I'm trying to find the word. Y'all like that's part no. of the 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 uh, the. I think it's mysterious. I think it's uh, you know it's an enigma. It's something that you don't understand. It, but it's not horror. It is so <laughs> scary to me. It is so scary to me. It's definitely scary. It's so scary. And I think she makes a lot of the staples of horror movies are the final girl. Or a girl in a horror movie makes a terrible decision. Hers, she makes the terrible decision 20 minutes in to go to Sweden. A lot of times it's like in the final moments of the movie and she... And I she, don't believe that. I think her, her terrible mistake mistake was not realizing that her and her boyfriend uh, were uh, not necessarily needing to revive or rejuvenate their relationship, but they were in a situation that they needed to get out of. That feels like a mistake to me. She literally said, I'm choosing, I'm going to choose this society over, even though he ain't worth a damn. It, it, look, this is the thing. They weren't trying to make it about escaping the cold. And that's what I thought it was going to be about. Um, but yeah, for no. me, I just feel like they didn't do a good job of is showing me intense scenes and then getting me to progress to a point where I'm like, I'll put a flower crown on my head. I can't <laughs> get out of a face being bashed and then just go, okay, oh, you found a pubic hair? Okay, my friend just disappeared <laughs> about two seconds ago. Oh, dude, I just saw this guy flow. Everybody is just like, nobody... 
the only thing I think that they lost um, a lost moment to me was maybe her even trying to connect with the Londoners and being like, are y'all like feeling how crazy this is right now? This is, this is intense. Like, I don't even know what's going on. If I would have saw like a rejection from them with her, then I would be like, she, she don't feel like she got nobody but the cold. I would have understood it a little more. It was just like, it was very weak attempts to not be a part of this society. It was just, it was almost like she was like, I, I do want to be a part of the cult. What are you talking about? Just show me everything slowly. Like, that's what it felt like for me. It was not no, it wasn't like this thing where I was like, she had no choice. No, I I agree with you. She's she's so susceptible to what they're doing. And I think that's the, her, She's super sympathetic, but every character in a horror movie has to have a flaw. And her flaw is that she's super impressionable. And it's not that it's not that she resists them. It's that they she has this mile wide opening and they take it, Mm -hmm. especially Pele. And that even in the in the beginning, like he tries before they even go to Sweden. He's like, I'm I'm very sorry to hear about your. And then she immediately has to get up off the couch. And he's like, "Okay, I have to like slow down just get her to sweden and then work on her slowly and it's it's a it's tragic to see that but this is horror to me this is horror in slow motion and you can't do anything once they get her to sweden you can't do anything to stop it but this is the thing y'all the momentum of the movie never like i'm talking the technical part of it it never just it never built it never it was it was just this it's a it's a slow burn it's very methodical i I, think it's a very slow burn it's not a good movie that's not good (laughs) that's that's why it's not good because you can't just you can't have two hours of just like of this and then it was like this is the thing they downplayed parts that should have been momentous like it was like moments where you were just like okay now it's about to now the shit's about to hit the Oh, no, they back at the dinner table, just eating quietly, <laughs> drinking pe- uh, period lemonade. Like, I don't understand this. <laughs> and then I thought when the black dude, I was like, okay, oh, 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 the black dude sneaking out the room. He's going to find some shit. That's crazy. He's taking pictures. Of- Boom. And then I'm like, oh, shit, it's about to be. Now that I know somebody's going to look for the black. Oh, no, they just, they're about to start the <laughs> I just thought it, it's a super small point. I think it's really interesting that he is. You know, there's a lot of cliches and a lot of subversions with black people in horror, but he's actually the only American actor in the whole production. So I like really him on a good place. He's a, he's funny. he's great on the good place. Yeah, I I have a hard time drinking something without someone explaining it to me. So I just <laughs> I feel like there was a lot of that. Here, just drink this. What is it? So no, I'm not going to do that. She wasn't weak. No. That's the thing. It's like they're playing it like she's you're trying to say that she's like this weak minded person. But I didn't see weakness all the time with her. No, I don't. I, not weak. I think I said you were stronger than her, but I don't think she's weak. I think she's in a really vulnerable place. I don't feel like she was that bad with it because there were she was she was doing like she was about to be doing what I would have did. Like she was like, what the fuck? This is fucked up. <laughs> and then and then Pele sweeps in. Pele sweeps in. The other girls sweep in. At every moment, they have her. They have her. I mean, <laughs> at this point, y'all just got a whole different damn movie than me. <laughs> you got to watch it three more times. <laughs> Absolutely not. I will never take another 
another block of two hours. hours to look at this film again. <laughs> I will say this. It was intelligent uh, the way that he had all those different rituals in it. He definitely did his du- due diligence of uh, being true to that culture and trying to make as many moments that could be related back to something in real life today in 2021. I will say it was a beautiful um, scene to watch, even with the suicides of the people jumping off the balcony. That was beautiful. Like it looked beautiful the way it was done, the way the people were standing with the white linen. I'm not taking away from anything. I mean, he is a director and I am not. Okay. I'm just saying like, (laughs) I don't know. I just, I feel like there was holes in that movie that just is not adding up for me. And it just, I needed all to be, packaged i can't I, I don't want anybody to explain why a movie is good to me i just i that's where i'm at with it i don't even know if we're ending the I'll show right now. The, show. the show is over no <laughs> <laughs> i think we've squeezed a lot out of this lemon let's make some lemonade Ooh, let's put some period blood in it nice oh <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> let's play a game at the end of the movie danny competes in a what would you call it, a marathon to see who would become the may queen i'm gonna have the four of you compete in a marathon stand up and start dancing Right now. <laughs> We're going to crown a July king. So. So just me? Just, no. <laughs> you say July king. July king. Anyone can be. and drag. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. Finally. Um, so this, this is going to be a uh, round robin elimination name off. I'm going to give you a category. We're going to decide an order right now. And you need to, in order, give me answers that relate to the category I gave you until you are out. And the last person standing will get a point each round. At the end of all the rounds, for example, I would say category for the first round is Disney movies. And you would continue to name in a round robin Disney movies until you cannot name one and you're out. Corliss, you were outnumbered this episode. You did have Josh as a sort of referee backup. But since you are a guest and you held your own, you really, really held your own. I'm going to let you choose the order. And between you, Lacey, Josh, and Mella, what order would you like? I'm going to say me first. Mm-hmm. Josh. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Um, Carmella, Lacey, and Rashawn. I'm out. Oh, you're not doing I'm just it. To okay, Lacey, I'm you last because you were the one that was being so argumentative. When I see you next time, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really like this movie. We're going in ascending order by hours ha- having watched Midsummer. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> so my two hours. My two hours. Mellow's four. Lacey's is like 12. Jesus. So Corliss goes first. Lacey goes last. When Lacey's done, Corliss, you have to go again continuing and we continue the cycle i will give you a five second bumper okay if you don't name one in five seconds you're out because we got a few categories to get through okay so if we are if we're out one round we're out for the whole game right no it's there each round the last person standing will get a point at the end of all the rounds okay 
person with the most points wins. Got it. Okay. Your first category is horror movies. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait. I am not going to explain right. any further. That's your category. Corliss, you are first. And. Yes, Carmella. We can't do like one, two, three, four, right? It's just one. Okay, let's, yes, let's eliminate sequels. Yeah, once you say a big one, all of the sequels are out. Corliss, you are first, and we will begin Sudden Death in five, four, three, two, one. Scream. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The Babadook. Halloween. Leprechaun. Alien. Amityville Horror. The Last House on the Left. Nice. Strangers. Blob. Five. Oh, oh. The Conjuring. The Exorcist. Truth or Dare. Does Annabelle count? Yes. Yeah. Escape Room. 13 Ghosts. Nightmare on Elm Street. Friday the 13th. Oh my god. Oh, Hereditary. Midsommar. I'll kill yes. y'all right now. Okay. <laughs> oh, 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 wait, wait. Two. Um, um, uh, 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 The Dolls. Corliss, you're out. Shit. You're out. Uh, Trick or treat. Uh, the sleepover massacre. Ghost ship. Nice. The birds. Vertigo. Psycho. Should have done that. Uh, Cujo. Uh, Jack Frost. It. Jack Frost. <laughs> the scary one. <laughs> uh, the Shining. Krampus. Misery. Thanks, killing. <laughs> oh my Five, god. Four, three, oh. two. Carmella's out. About I can't think of anything right now. Terrifier. Five, four, three, uh, two. Uh, Thirteen days later. Congrats, Lucy. No. <laughs> I don't think we touched a zombie one. Oh, we didn't. We didn't even say uh, not in the living dead. Yeah, we didn't even start on zombie ones. Okay, Lucy's in the lead with one point. She the cheated with uh, Midsummer. <laughs> that curveball. Next category is supernatural horror. What does that mean? What ghost? Uh, yeah, supernatural. So spirits, ghost. I will not. No, I'll include demons. Ghost, spirits, demons. Thank you. You're welcome. And five, four, three, two, one. Walter, guys. The Exorcist. Paranormal Activity. Oh, shit. <laughs> Those were all my three. Um, we'll do Ghost Ship. I can say it again. The Fourth Kind. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. The Sixth Sense. Fuck! The, the right. um... Four. Three, oh, <laughs> The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. Or just The Conjuring. I, I wasn't sure if Mella said it. <laughs> I was say Amnivia Horror. I, but last time. Mm-hmm. I, but last time. Oh, oh shit. That's me. Um, okay. Four. Uh, uh, the one with uh, what's his name? What's his name? Don't say it. Oculus. Uh, the forest. Not of the living mummy. (laughs) (laughs) It's that one. Well, from uh, what's the face? Um, uh, what's the name? Goosebumps. Okay. Uh, white noise. Oh, that's the ring. That doesn't count. Oh, that's that a count? good one. Yeah, that's There's a, a ghost. ghost. We'll take it. She died in the yeah. wheel. Boo. Medea's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> you know damn well. <laughs> oh, the others. Ooh, good one, Mella. Uh, 13 ghosts. 
Okay, okay. Oh shit, it's my turn again. I'm out. <laughs> that was a, that was the last round in the chamber. Was boo with you? I oh, couldn't even no. do it. I was like, "Fuck, I'm out," because I couldn't remember the name of it. What's that movie with the the red something? And they were. It was like the wife came to the house, and then the husband. It was like a big ass castle. Crimson Peak. Yes, it's me and Lace. Pet Cemetery. All I can think of is Casper. I know. I'm like really trying to get past that in my brain. We'll take it. Wait. We'll take it. Oh my god! Wait, okay. come what? on. Oh my god. She said Boomity is Halloween and we took it. Um Yeah. Um, there was a ghost called in that Boo. movie. Scooby Doo? Like what the fuck? Um Scooby Doo the movie? Like Okay, Scooby Doo. Go. Fuck? What? Oh my god. Um I took um, Casper and Medea. I got it. Ghost. All right. We're venturing into movies with ghosts now. I did say supernatural horror. So Yeah, exactly. 5 4 3 2 I don't. Congrats, Lacey. <laughs> I really don't think ghosts should count. I feel like Mella should get that. Ghost is not even close. It's to fine. I gave you Casper too. So <laughs> the Antichrist, Davian. What the fuck? The Omen. The Omen. I couldn't think of the Omen to save my okay. life. Okay. Next category, even more specific horror that is quote unquote based on a true story. Ready, Freddy? Five, four. Three, two, one. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Conjuring. Amityville Horror. The Blair Witch Project. Her- Hereditary. The Strangers. Five, four, three. La Llorona. Five, four, three, oh, two. Um, left house on the left. Lacey's out. <sighs> Whatever. The Postcard Killings. Uh, Boo, Medea's Halloween. <laughs> Man. Josh is out. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. That's oh, enough. um, five. The Conjuring, the whole universe. He says I already Conjuring. said that. You did. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Five, four. Three. Oh, The Exorcist. Can I do Emily Rose? Five. Yes. Yeah, that was that was a true story. I've been to that dorm. Ew. Ugh. This is the University of Minnesota. Five, four, three, two. Selena. Oh. What Congrats. the? <laughs> the end of that movie is a horror. Congrats, Corley. It's <laughs> a Netflix <laughs> show. Yolanda is the devil, and don't you try to tell me otherwise. The score is Lacey 2, Corliss 1, Josh and Mella holding up the rear. You know we do. You know how we do. Shit. Not wagging. <laughs> Next category, because I love Scream 4, horror movie remakes. Five, four, three, two, one. Child's play. Halloween. Psycho. Poltergeist. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Scream four. Pet Cemetery. Nightmare on Elm Street. Damn. What are the chances? Um. Oh. Oh. Uh, 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 the Exorcist. It's it's on the way. I'll take it. Uh. It. Nice. Oh my god. Halloween? Did someone say that already? Someone said Halloween, yeah. Yep. Five, four, three, two. Mella's out. The Mist? No. No. <laughs> no. Isn't that an old movie? Is it a, no. It was The Fog? The Fog. The sure? Fog, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Mist is just um, the one, yeah. 
There's a TV That's show. Fine, I'm out. Um, Corliss and Josh. Creep um, show. Yeah. Um, Liquor oh, Man. I'm back. <laughs> Bye. Dog Masters. Where did Wizard go? Wishmaster. Uh, is there a remake of the Wishmaster? Alfred Hitchcock. Presents. Corliss is out. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is on the board. Okay. Candyman. Candyman, of course. Candyman. Next category. Final girls. Ooh, fuck. Oh, I'm not winning this. I will just take the first name. I'll just take a first name. Oh, you want us to say their name. I don't even have uh, one. Five, four, three, two, one. Jamie Lee Curtis. I need a, a character name. Oh, I thought you was <laughs> I don't know her name in that damn movie. <laughs> I'm out. I don't know her name in the movie. I thought you were gonna say okay. actresses. Sydney Prescott. <laughs> Lori Strode. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, the one from Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Rachel El- El- Elizabeth. Five, four, three, two, and Lisa's out. Josh and Mella. Danny. Uh, Rosemary. Four. Uh, oh, we'll leave. take it. I'll take it. Oh. Ellen Ripley. Five. Yep. I knew that was enough to fucking come in. Four. Three, um. Two. Josh is tied with Lacey. Uh-oh. Shit. Nancy is the final girl. Nancy. Nancy. Not Rachel or Elizabeth. I wanted to say it, but then I'm too competitive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a we have a tie with the vetters, and Corliss has one point. And I have zero. Mella, you're doing fabulous. Thanks. Uh, this next category is famous horror killers. Oh, here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Leatherface. Ghostface. Pennywise. Michael Myers. Charles Lee Ray. Jason Voorhees. Oh my God. Uh, did someone say Ghostface? I did. You keep saying my answers. Oh my God. Five, what the fuck. Four. Three, Reagan? Two. No, she's not. She's not. No, she's not. <laughs> she's not the killer. Uh, yeah, she's an icon. She's a... She's not... She I kills... thought you were talking about the president. I did too. That's what I started laughing. <laughs> the, I'll take the exorcist. Keep it oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Thanks. What, is it technically Satan the killer and Reagan's just the conduit? Pazuzu, yes. If we got Casper, bitch, let me have it. <laughs> Shit. Okay, who's after Mel? Me. Freddie. Yes. Did y'all say Pennywise? Mm, yes. Oh, y'all mm-hmm. said him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Five, four, three, Swamp two. Thing. I'll take it. <laughs> the Strangers. <laughs> uh, Jigsaw. Ooh, I am. Nice. Norman Bates. Aw. <laughs> Five, four, three, Mrs. Voorhees. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Chucky. She, Charles Lee yeah. she said Charles Lee Ray. Oh, duh. Uh, the Bride of Chucky. The Bride of Chucky. Tiffany. Yes, we'll take it. Five, four, three, two. Carmela's out. Lace. Five, four, three, I think I'm two, out. One. Corliss and Josh. Candyman? Mm-hmm. The Xenomorphs. What is that? The aliens and alien. Killer clowns. Shit. <laughs> Killer turkeys. 
Leprechaun. Five. Shit. <laughs> Five, four, three, two. We have a three-way tie. Stop. One of the last round. Um, Carmela. Yes. Join me over here at the host stand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey. Uh, so this final category uh, will decide the winner between Lacey, Corliss, and Josh. This is a reference to a quote that Ari Aster made in an interview where he called Midsummer the Wizard of Oz for perverts. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. So your last category is characters from the Wizard oh, of Oz. Oh, shit. Oh, of course, now this would be my round. <laughs> oh, poor Mella. Five, four, three, two, one. Dorothy. Toto. Scarecrow. Tin Man. Uh, the Wizard. <laughs> Cowardly Lion. Um, the Lollipop Guild. <laughs> the Wicked Witch of the West. Glinda. The Wicked Witch of the East. The Wicked Witch of the North. No. Get him out of here. The Wicked Witch no, of bitch. the South. South Side. Isn't that Glinda? I don't know their names. Did you know Scarecrow has a gun in it for a good chunk of the movie? He has a revolver. In what? <laughs> Look it has up. Has a revolver. <laughs> He's just like, oh, strapped? Yeah. Okay. I'm out. Uh, Lacey and Corliss, who will be our July queen? Auntie M. Oh, did y'all say the uh-huh. um, a cowardly lion? Mm-hmm. Oh, they did. Okay. Um, what's that mean bitch from the uh, the neighborhood? <laughs> Um. <laughs> oh. Five. Four. Oh, um, the wi- oh, no, no, the wizard. He said the wizard. No, no, the Three. the magician wizard in the the real life. He was just the wizard, right? What's his name? You remember she was talking to him before she went back yeah. to the house. Something. Yeah, he, his name is something else. Mm-hmm. The He's Munchkins. Like slash the wizard. <laughs> The Lollipop Guild was already said. Is the Lollipop Guild, aren't they Munchkins? No, the Lollipop Guild was a separate entity. (laughs) And then there's the Munchkins. Okay. Okay. Uh, The Apple Trees. Oh, shit. Mm. Oh, shit. Um, The the Flying Monkeys. Uh, The Horse of a Different Color. Aww. Five. Four. Is is she, she, that counts? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she won then. Were you you thinking of Miss Gulch, Coilus? Oh, was that was that her name? The mean heifer that Mm -hmm. took her dog. Yeah, who becomes a wicked? (laughs) Oh, I forgot Uncle Henry. I couldn't remember the uncle's name, but Uncle Henry, right? You there? And you there? I was trying to think of the names that she was saying with (laughs) us. Lacey, do the do the Florence Pugh frown. There it is. Lacey is our July queen. Those trees that were mean to her, they were like. <laughs> They're like you had to get out. Congrats, Lacey! You you fought Thanks. very well. You lasted in the heat. Thank you. I should have said the tornado. So it- <laughs> <laughs> I should have said the bicycle. The um. So in conclusion, we have not come to an agreement. <laughs> we have not not one bit. But that's okay because I think. I think it was a great discussion, but we can all agree that Midsummer is a incredibly shot and written. <laughs> it's a very well, very well acted. For some, it's not a horror movie. For some, it is a psychological thriller. For some, it's both. 
your mileage may vary, but we can all agree that we would not be in Sweden drinking, period, lemonade. No. Hold on. Except for <laughs> Four of us. Four of us would not. This is actually my last episode because I'm going to Sweden tonight, you guys. No. And I'm a friend. I don't think you don't have friends over here, so you don't need to do that. Don't do that. So we end each episode with a quick round of six degrees of separation where we connect an actor from this film to an actor from next week's film. So who can find the fastest connection between Will Poulter... And a star from next week's episode, Christopher Mintz Plus. I can do this. Okay, so what movies will both have people in? <laughs> Christopher is McLovin. Super bad. And what about the other, the cartoon? You're not going to heal me? He's going to sit there. <laughs> <laughs> Can we Can we do WandaVision? <laughs> we did an episode on it. I know. We did an episode on it. It's not a movie though. Rules are rules. I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> oh, I think I may have a I think I have it. Let's hear it. Here she goes. Cool. Will Poulter was in We Are the Millers with Jennifer Aniston, who was in He's Just Not That Into You with Drew Barrymore. Is that where I'm going? Oh, no, I lost it. Hold on. Where am I going? Yes, Drew Barrymore. No, no, no. So, okay. Rewind. (laughs) Um, Will Poulter was in We Are the Millers with Jennifer Aniston, who is in He's Just Not That Into You, with Justin Long, who is in Accepted, with Jonah Hill, who is in Superbad, with Christopher Mintz-Plasse. Nice, Lacey. Well, Corliss, thank you so much. It doesn't seem on. like it. It seems like y'all are going to like, she was a fucking bitch. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. This is your last appearance on the show. Yeah. But. <laughs> I get it. I, I was I was not trying to break. I was like, nope, don't like it. She's stupid. No, I love it. <laughs> you you stood your ground and you had you had one person to back you up. Really, he was you. just he was really mediating and observing. He was like, mm, Yeah, that sounds idiotic, but yes, I <laughs> it was not. That's the thing. I agreed with both parties about an even 50-50. So because <laughs> I have that. Because I I yeah. I'll be honest with you, I came in very intimidated. Um, um, and I'm only saying this now after it's over because I haven't found one review aside from the one that I mentioned earlier with the Swedish people where they were like in opposed to this movie. Like even the person, there's a guy that my boyfriend looks uh looks at um and he he gives, does critiques on movies, and he didn't really have any bad critiques on it. So I was like, ooh. So I was it, nervous. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, with with like art house a twenty four movies like Midsummer. It's once the positive review train gets rolling, I feel like a lot of people are afraid to like step in and be like, I didn't like it. I didn't yeah. Like it, yeah. Well, I felt embarrassed. I was like, I was like, because I mean, literally, Rashawn kind of told me he was like, I don't think anybody on there doesn't like it. I was like, okay, 
okay. You know, like I and and then my no, boyfriend like, just bounced. He didn't even try to like back me up with anything. He's in the room like hiding. I was like, Can you come out here and tell us what we were talking about last night? But anyway, yeah, so um I was intimidated. I was scared. I was not I I, I know he said I was a very strong personality, but there are times when you're like why am I the only person that feels like that? Like, that's what I feel like. <laughs> so, and y'all were no, all like, I... from the beginning to the end. And I was like, did I look at a different movie? Like, I just didn't. Because <laughs> I, I, when you have like four people that look at movies for real, for real, and you're the only one that's pretty much in opposition of it, it's it's intimidating. Like, you kind of are like, it's like, I mean, we we've, we've disagreed on Moonlight. We disagreed on hereditary. We disagreed on the fact that we're still friends. And we yeah, that's astounding. Well, I, I told you what I thought about Moonlight. I didn't think it was a bad movie. I just thought it was a regular story. <clears throat> so, um, <laughs> no, you have. I I love you so much with all my heart. You have to come back. I, I thank you for for being here. Yeah, I loved it. Um, let us know where we can find you. Where can we find Laugh It Off? If you want to share some social media. Yeah, so Life is Hard, Laugh It Off is not spelled like how it's supposed to be. Um, so it's like Laugh is L-A-F-F. Uh, and then obviously it, Laugh It Off, Life is Hard. So you can put that all in and it'll be it'll pop right up. Um, I do have some shows coming up. Um, I'm opening for Nori Davis. Um, for two nights on Friday, the 23rd and the 24th of July. Um, then I got some shows at the Secret Group off of Polk Street in Houston, the best of uh, Houston comics. And uh, obviously I do in the movie that I'm filming. So wish me luck. I get to work with um, one of my favorite uh, female comics. Her name is uh, uh, Melanie Carmacho. Sorry. Uh, so, so I like have her stuff memorized like by heart. So I'm going to be working alongside of her. And um, it's just an opportunity. I will. I'm, I don't have anything that you have to like follow or have to look up or anything. But I will say I like to leave on a positive note. And um, I feel like a lot of great things are happening for me. And I was very uncomfortable when I had moved back from L.A. So um, I just feel like I was putting myself out of the zone, the hot zone to get work. And, and what I will say is the world is small now. Technology exceeds us. And there's so many ways around uh, your location and don't allow yourself to stop what you're trying to go for just because you feel like you're not in the quintessential area to do it. Uh, you can make work for yourself and you can find things that fit into your artistic desires. So, um, and that's just for anybody that hears this. I, I just really want people to stay motivated and positive. It was a rough 2020 and um, I've, I've found so many successes um, as well as losses in that year. And just keep moving and pushing forward and try not to be, a, a, you know, like try not to let yourself get so low that you lose your spirit. And I'll just say that. Thanks, Corey. I can't really add anything to that. That's, that was awesome. That was beautiful. Thank you. And congratulations. That's, That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And- Super awesome. happy about it. I love you. Love you guys. Um, that's that's it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we would love if you like, subscribe, follow us on Apple Podcast. You can find this and all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, anywhere you get your shows. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cinephile Attack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode, 
or you just want to show us some love, email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Rashawn, Mella, Josh, Lacey, and sometimes Corliss. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next midsummer. <laughs> see you in 90 years. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>